0: Episode Two of the Mentor of the Month uh, for Future Farmers Network. I'm Tom Rookyard, um, and to, give, to begin with uh, Episode Two, I'm joined by James Miller of Rosedale Dale Chalets, uh and most importantly, the opening batter of the Milford Cricket Team. Uh, James, welcome to be on the on the show. Uh,
1: thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. It's uh, this is my f- first podcast. Uh, I've listened to a few in the car in my time, but um, yeah, certainly. Yeah, hopefully I'll go all right today. I'm a bit, a bit nervous, mate. No, uh,
0: you were right. I did enjoy that you liked it to the Howie Games. So it's sort of a bit, you know, pumps me up, but it also, I'm guessing, are you trying to put yourself right up there with Shane Warne and, uh, and that sort yeah.
1: of thing? <laughs> uh, uh, kind of, but not, not quite yet. <laughs>
0: most importantly, uh, how are the Millthorpe cricket team going? What's,
1: uh, what's happening there? Well, we're, this is our second year. We only started last year, so... Um, just about halfway through the comp and we're sitting on equal first which is a good turnaround because last year we, when we first started it took us about six games to finally win one and yeah, then we ended up coming runners up but we had a strong finish but no, this year we've this hit year. the ground running and it's, it's good.
0: The skills are there, does the team just got to focus a little bit off the paddock to, to really hone the skills a little bit? Or oh,
1: look, just, it's a week to week basis. <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, see it turns up on the day.
0: No, I think uh, to, to to get back into it properly, um, the Mentor of the month podcast is we, we look to get uh, interesting and, and young industry leaders to learn about you know their career journey, their learnings, recommendations because we've got a you know massive member base um, and a lot of them are coming out of university and, and school and that sort of thing. So I guess this is this podcast is really to touch on that and uh, as I said earlier, what, what you would want to tell yourself if you were eighteen or twenty five. So um, to, to begin with, can you give me a little bit of background about yourself, Rosal, the stud? I know you've got the Rosal Ruby Beef, just a bit of an overview on that.
1: Uh, yes, well, I'll start with the the stud. I guess it was formed by my grandfather and my father uh, back when he first left school. So I think really you know, early, around 1970, I think you know the first purebred calf was born, somewhere around there. And um, yes, yeah, so I guess it's sort of been, the stud's been in the family for a long time, I've as a kid growing up, we were always sort of off at shows and um I think when I was about six or seven, we had our first bull sale on farm so yeah i've I've kind of grown up uh yeah with with Charolais, I guess in my in my blood, and um I guess we've always run a commercial operation alongside that and um so yeah sort of we've always cross bred with Charolais over sort of shorthorns or angus cattle and and that's what we still do today and you know with it still think it's the best cross out there.
0: I had a crack at buying a bit of the Rosedale ruby beef uh, in the Stud Movember, uh, Stud Mo's auction the other day I didn't even get close to it at 300 bucks but it must be pretty uh, pretty good but in 2018 you won the gold medal at the World State Challenge is that that's Yeah
1: yes well yeah and, and Rosedale ruby so it, it was kind of um. It was. It came along later in life. It was formed by my cousin and some friends over in Hong Kong, and then we sort of came on board to help out. And um, <clears throat> and then yeah, we've had some there, yeah, like it's had some great success, winning the World Stake Challenge, were two gold medals in two years. So that's a bit of a thrill, especially um, in 2018, our first year. And yeah, the, yeah, like we it was pretty green. We didn't know what we were um, in for really. So it was great. Yeah,
0: that's that's positive. Did, did you always, um, as a young fellow, always want to head back to the farm? Was, you, were you, was that always the plan? Um, you...
1: Like, probably, uh, you know, around, I'm trying to remember how far young or back I can remember. But I, th- I think, yeah, I think always in the back of my mind there was, but I guess we were lucky. Like Mum and Dad never sort of forced it on us. Um, they said, sort of well, actually, probably... More than anything, they encourage us to try other things just before we, we did come back. And that's like I went to university down in Sydney. I did a business degree, actually majored in finance and marketing. And then I actually sp- spent three years in an investment bank in Sydney before I came home. I sort of decided, yeah, that was enough for me there. And, I, yeah, I, had a, I was glad I tried something else, but I was, I was keen to come home. And, yeah, I haven't regretted that decision since. So.
0: Do you have takeaways from that? those couple of years that you sort of um, yeah no
1: on? yeah definitely like I think it it gives you a I think that's been a big help actually it's sort of pretty lousy to sit back a bit and see the I don't know I guess agriculture is a, a bit of a bigger picture and uh, you don't sort of get so caught up in what you're doing on the farm like you can sort of take a step back and you know and you you know working in another industry you sort of it opens your mind up to other things and yeah like it's that was a, I'd recommend that to anyone probably just going back to a farm to try something else before you go back just so you've got another string to your bow so yeah, to speak yep
0: yeah, yeah. I guess you, you touched on it there having that sort of um, that work life balance how do you find that now working on a farm do you do you have like a set structure that you, you switch off or is it um, is
1: oh it's pretty full on but I I do try and I know probably try and work smarter not harder I guess mm-hmm. and yeah you've got to like there's times when you are busy and there's no way you can get away from it, but when you're not busy you've gotta I try and realise that and yeah, sort of make myself do have a bit of time off, even if it's only, you know, a day or two here and here yeah. and there. But um, yeah, I think it's important to get away and keep your mind a bit fresh. Yep. yep. That probably rolls in even
0: driving up here and being in the central west for the last couple of days. It's it's you know, not the, the greatest season running around at the moment. What do you have a bit of a an escape to to get away from the drought and that's sort of you know the
1: pressure of yeah well I think like the drought drought's a tough one I think it's it's just because it's the it's the mental drain I guess and I guess as soon as you the sooner you get your head around it and the reality of it the, um, the easier it becomes like I guess if you you know as farmers we know drought is a risk but you know obviously this one's more severe than any that most have experienced but um, yeah I guess you've you've just got to keep um making decisions on the go and you know, like you can play out scenarios in your mind and you know, one scenario's gotta be it may not rain for the next few months even though you'd like it to. So you've always got to be, you know, prepared for that scenario and probably have sort of plans in your head of what you're gonna do if such and such doesn't happen or you you know you reach a breaking point. Like we're going into Christmas now and you know like groundwater's like dam waters have starting to become a little bit of an issue here at Blaney. And like Blaney's lot better off than a lot of the state but um, you know so we've got to make decisions on you know which you know focus on which I guess breeders are our core ones and ones we value which we want to carry through and then yeah there's gonna be some commercial stock we'll probably offload just to so we're not too pushed over um, Christmas period
0: um, turn it around a little bit and we, we sort of talked about this before we started recording have you had any Mentors in the, in the past, or formal, informal, or you might not even thought about
1: it. That well, I guess as a young bloke, I think my first person I always looked up to was Steve War. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he was my he was my hero. I loved him. Um, a bit like Steve Smith. He sort of I know he was sort of the man to go to when the Aussies were in trouble, but probably more later in life. I think um that's pretty. Yeah, like I, I think about it a lot, but probably my parents and yeah, my dad. I guess have been a, a good influence on me and. Yeah, set a, a great example and, you know, been very supportive and yeah, I guess yeah, like if I had to pick one mentor I'd have to say it'd be my, my dad. But my parents as a they're a unit, I guess, so I look at them together. They both bring different attributes which um have helped me out. Yeah.
0: How do you um you still work side by side with your parents? Uh or is that sort of transitioning over?
1: Um or? no, we've it's sort of transitioned over a little. Um <clears throat> I guess Yeah, sort of when I was in Sydney, I guess sort of mum and dad were sort of, oh, they didn't, they just sort of mentioned, you know, to me and my brother, you know, if you guys aren't going to come home, um, you better let us know because, you know, obviously running a stud's a lot of hard work and I think they were sort of at the stage of their lives where they wanted to ease up a bit and start to travel and enjoy life a bit, which is what they're sort of doing now. But um, so, yeah, so, you know, after I'd been back a few years, like, yeah, dad certainly took a bit of a step sideways and... Like he only lives twenty minutes away from me now, but yeah, he, he might poke out here. <laughs> I know once of, every couple of weeks or something. Yeah. Uh,
0: how do you? That, that's something that uh, I guess we call it, The whole succession planning does pop up a lot. Um, do you have any tips or lessons or things that you you've um, found worked well? To- well, probably the
1: yeah. Like I guess with myself and my brother coming back, um I think. I think I initially wanted to try and keep us all as as one sort of unit, but I think, um, which is probably good advice from Dad again, he suggested we sort of go our own separate ways, which mm-hmm. has probably been. I think that's been good because it's like we still have a good working relationship. My brother and I. And there's some stuff we do together, but you know, at the end of the day, we're not isn't that we don't have to argue over you know mm-hmm. business decisions or anything like that. So, you know, and we're lucky in a way that we've been able to do that successfully. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, couple of think back to a young 18-year-old James just finishing high school you know big wide world what sort of uh, what sort of tips would you be giving to yourself if you could uh, you know or what sort of some, bit of advice would you give to yourself at eighteen?
1: no at 18 probably don't drink as much <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure <Late>. so <laughs> no I, I think back at 18 like it was yeah, it's a long that's, yeah looking back there it's a long time ago now but um, yeah look I there's no way I Yeah, look I wanted to be in agriculture but I didn't yeah, the stuff that's happened in between I I couldn't have imagined. So um but I'm glad like I'm in the industry I love but yeah, back then I guess I didn't I just probably wanted to, you know, enjoy the, the freedom of having just left school and, you know, uni was a bit of a fun time with the mates, yeah. um and all that sort of stuff. But uh yeah, I I guess back then I wasn't really that career focused or worried about what I was yep. going to be doing yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, nice. a um, couple of sort of random questions a few sort of left field and a few sort of a bit more closer to agriculture um, first one you're stuck on a desert island um, who and what do you take with you, you, you what's, your, what's your go-to <laughs> I,
1: I did I did see that question coming but I don't I think that's a tough one to answer because it depends, I suppose, if it was a good desert island, or a, I don't know. is it like a tropical? One yeah, something tropical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that I have to, I have to pass on that one. Yeah, yeah right.
0: Yeah, um, a bit more and much, much closer to the agricultural scene. Uh, we're seeing, you know, there's all this rise of uh, plant-based meat, movement, mm. act- activism, all that sort of thing. What do you have yeah. to sort of take on it? Where do you think that's going to end up? And, and as, as an industry, if you're gonna, you've just been made. PM, mm-hmm. what's your sort of take that as an industry
1: we, we should be doing? Oh well, as a PM, you've got to be probably unbiased. But I'll, I'll speak as as a member of the cattle industry. I'll like it's always going to be there. You can't deny it. You've got to accept it. Um, you've just got to probably manage it the best way we can. Um, and you know, there's always you know going to be there will always be people that you know. You know, veganism is a growing thing. You know over in europe and uk it's it's kind of a trend and um you know just got to accept that and you know try and get the facts out there on the table a lot of people are vegans for the wrong reasons i believe they don't actually understand why they are but um i think as an industry we've just got to promote best practice ensure that you know we do raise our standards to as you know high as we can and um you know I still think there's gonna be a big enough market in the world for you know, the beef we produce. So I don't, you know, like you look at, I think I was sort of, you can compare it back to, I think in the I don't know 70s or 80s when margarine first came out and I think every, all the dairy people were up in arms, you know, about butter, but you know, there's, there's room for both. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's your biggest challenge you see young people coming into agriculture and what, what they're gonna be faced with as they as move into agriculture?
1: uh well i think yeah like it's a shame about the drought because I think agriculture was starting to sort of get back on the radar a bit because it was it's quite you know it's a growing industry and it's an important industry, and I think long term aspects of the industry are good, so I think it is a good industry to be involved in uh the drought's certainly a bit of a setback but um you know, I think it's an exciting there's an exciting um future and and it's changing like You know, like, with all this technology and the way we market things, like, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's going to change and we need skilled people in the industry to to move forward.
0: Yep. Um, Finally, are you a bit of a reader? Do you listen to any podcasts? Mm -hmm. Anything that you'd recommend young people should be getting into or the the FFN members should be getting into Mm -hmm. from your point of view? Apart from, obviously, the the (laughs) Rosedale catalogue, That's number one on the list.
1: Um, Yeah, look, I'm I'm a bit old school. I, I still... I read the land, uh, not online, on the paper. I just prefer to sit down and read it when I get a spare chance. It's kind of handy, but otherwise I'm, I guess I'm jumping on Facebook or, you know, looking up Beef Central or something just for that sort of information. Otherwise, you know, subscriptions and emails and stuff. It's just the
0: easiest way to manage it.
1: Easiest way to manage whatever sort of hits the radar at the time. Um, You know, I guess, you know, even Instagram these days, you get little feeds for Mm -hmm. any stories that, Yep. Grab your attention. It seems to be all a lot of it's all clickbait, I think, but you know, sometimes <laughs> there are good stories out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice.
0: Um, to round okay. off, anything else that you'd uh you'd like to give to the, the listeners, uh, anything else that you sort of finish off on?
1: <clears throat> um well I guess most of your listeners are gonna be you know, young, I don't know, I guess what are they, farmers or yeah. people entering agriculture. I guess I think I think the best thing you can do is just try and find what you enjoy. And, and then stick with it and then yeah like work hard and then you never know i guess where it can take you I
0: think yeah. That, yeah that's probably the pretty exciting thing about agriculture like you talk to uh, anyone who whether they have an ag background or not the, the opportunities are endless like you can you can go up and work in the territory or you can go and work in wa and the seafood industry or you can yeah, yeah, we can work in, in a corporate life as well in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think,
1: yeah, there's big... And anyone that, you know, applies themselves and, you know, works hard and, you know, try and get qualified and get a few skills under your belt, yeah, there's going to be good good future prospects, no doubt. Yeah. Nice.
0: James, thank you very much for being on the FFN podcast. Um, anyone you'd recommend we should get on for the next uh, couple of episodes? Anyone, you, any sort of in- industry people you think would be spot on or Well,
1: like- I guess from a... I'm a... I guess I'm a... A farmer but um, yeah like there's plenty of other people well there's a bloke up the road I play cricket with Stuart Pierce. he's mm-hmm. studstocksales.com he, he's
0: doing a lot of different things he's doing a bit of things he's dealing with
1: he deals with lots of people in the agricultural industry so he could be a, yeah he could be a good one to, yeah, to nice. talk to nah. well thank you very much for being on no, no thanks a lot Tom